Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute, the daily podcast where we're analyzing the 1985 film Return to Oz one pumpkin-filled minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Ponsmar Carlucci. You just had to get it. No, we're, we're fans of Ponsmar here on this podcast. Sadly, he does not appear in minute 15. I, I just want you to brace yourselves for that disappointment now. Minute 15 starts with Dorothy explaining to the yellow-haired girl why she's here, and it ends with her looking out the window at the rain. In between, we get a creepy exit, at least as far as I'm concerned. We get to watch Dorothy pretend to comb the hair of a pumpkin, and we get the start of a thunderstorm, which is going to feature prominently in the rest of our time in Kansas. Just one quick word back on the minute 14. Yes. Uh, in the script, uh, in uh, but in minute 15, although the action now takes place in minute 14, uh, the scene has moved around a little bit, uh, when Dorothy looks out her window, we, uh, we see Em riding through the fields towards home, slow as she passes, a broken down scarecrow. The stuffed head is bowed, and one arm is angled in such a way that it points back towards town. It's a little heavy-handed symbolism there. Just a, just a little bit. Although it is interesting that both the drive-by pumpkin viewing and the drive-by scarecrow were removed at some point in the in the development uh, for a pumpkin that's simply handed from one character to Dorothy and. I'm actually not sure if we get any sign of the Scarecrow. I don't think we do. I feel like we would have had to already see it. So It's kind of like Yeah. It's kind of like old world and new world monkeys or something. <laughs> well, like we only see the new characters. Yes. Right. Although we had that axe, remember? So Oh yeah. Forgot about the X. I guess there wasn't any. So in the MGM movie, the I'm blanking on the word. The pre, the so you'd have deja vu when you saw them in Oz. You saw them first in Kansas. The the, the hint, whatever word I'm trying to come up with. I'm very sorry. I swear I have the best words. Um. That was just that it was the actors that are the farmhands playing the the roles in Oz. But here we get physical items that are, I keep wanting to say presage, that's not a word. Um, like, like it's this jack-o'-lantern, it's an axe, it's a deer head on the wall. Like they're very one-to-one as opposed to the earlier movie which was more just a familiar face. Because there isn't anything that hints about the cowardly lion coming in the Kansas of 1939. No, there's there's nothing there, really. Yeah, because what would there be? So. Well, oh no, there... Wait, you mean in, in The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Hunk uh, or... 
Hickory or, or one of them is acts cowardly lion right? Yeah, is it that he's like afraid, you know, the pig is being super aggressive or something like that? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, we didn't get, like, the the person who ends up playing the Tin Man isn't carrying an axe around, I don't think. It, it uh, isn't uh... as blatant as it is in this movie. If you know what to look for. Sorry, people who haven't watched the whole movie yet. Guess what? Pumpkins are going to be important. <laughs> um, my first note for this minute is I'm kind of sad to realize that Dorothy totally knows that no one believes her. Remember how we said, like, the doctor was kind of being a little bit more, okay, sure, you tell your story than Aunt Em obviously had been, and here she just tells this girl, like, yeah, no one believes me. I know they don't. It's the first sign of... What, acceptance? I guess. Or acceptance is the first sign of something? I don't know. We have our first scary moan, which is a sign of scary things to come. Yeah, it gives you a very reassuring feeling about the, the methods and overall care that the hospital is taking for all of its patients. You want to hear moans and screams. That tells you people are doing well. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Aunt Em. Way to leave her here. You should have a scarecrow trying to give you signs to go back. Um, yeah, I think... Of course this didn't happen when Aunt Em was there. Or do you think this is further, like, back in the house, so even if someone had been screaming while Aunt Em was there, they wouldn't have heard in that, like, front parlor office area? Oh, I have to think definitely not in the office area. Okay. Because that was ornately decorated. There's nice hard woods. There's lights. Here we just see a long hallway. Like they could be their way in the back. You know, how big is this house supposed to be? Because when we pulled up to it, obviously it's a good size house. But this looks huge, these hallways that twist and turn. Like, this just looks like it goes on forever. How many rooms are there? I mean, it's long enough that people are wheeling gurneys around just passing by. Oh. Like, he had to be coming from somewhere. That's true. Hmm. Um, we get a good look at the hallway because the yellow-haired girl disappears, doesn't need doors, Confirmed. Even look at the look on Dorothy's face when she realizes the girl is gone that quickly. She is freaked out too. Well, and Dorothy is someone who has encountered mystical beings in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to hear my crazy theory for this minute? We're looking at second 24, 25, if you want to see... Uh, Dorothy's panicked expression. A look of grave concern. So the girl says she has to go, okay, fine. And then she, like, disappears immediately, which, yeah, I'd be concerned too. Like, Dorothy turns around. She's gone. She didn't hear the door. She looks panicked. She goes out and looks in the hallway. And what we see in the hallway is the nurse disappearing around a corner. Does the yellow-haired girl transform into the nurse? 
she doesn't, but it looks like she could in this minute. That is interesting that you would bring up that specific uh, relationship. I'm telling you. I mean, we don't know anything about this girl. She just says, Squadala, we are off. And next thing you know, we're back in the hall and all you can see is the nurse. Too quick to be any other explanation. <laughs> oh boy. I don't want There are a lot. No, go ahead. And there, there are a lot of lights that we see in the hallway that are all off. Oh, I didn't even think of that. In the century of electricity. Well. It's dimly lit for the, for those of us, or those of the, uh, the guests not in the ornate parlor. Yeah. I didn't think of that because, I mean, there's a lot of light coming in. But that looks like it'd be light coming in through a window, and it's the walls are green up to the chair rail and then white above that, so that kind of reflects the light pretty well. But you're right, I never even picked up that all those lamps hanging down the middle of the hallway aren't turned on. Well, I guess, you know, you gotta cut your costs somewhere. All the electricity is being used for his electrical marvel. <laughs> hey, that may be the truth. Well, I, I'm a little concerned about a thunderstorm in Kansas. As fans of Twister know, it's nothing to sneeze at, but I'm glad she seems safe in here. And she's going to keep herself busy during the storm. Can, I guess we have to talk about this, huh? What, what's going on here, Mike? Why? Why is, why is this happening? Well, they do live in Kansas and Tornado... Oh, you just mean... Why is Dorothy's she pretending situation. to brush a pumpkin's non-existent hair? First of all, where that comb come from? I... Yeah. It does make you think, oh, maybe Aunt Emma's is right. Something is wrong with this girl. Oh! It's... It's a little... I think it's supposed to be charming. Because she does a lot of little kid things that I do find charming throughout this, this movie. But this is a little bit... Too much. I mean, if... I honestly think it wouldn't bother me so much if we had seen that, like, yeah, the comb and stuff was already there on the, you know, if it was spread out and she is trying to pass the time, she is a kid. If it was a doll and you had seen the comb before and she was just brushing a doll's hair, I would have no problem with it. It's that this comes out of nowhere. Nowhere. She didn't have that comb. She was just given that jack-o'-lantern, and that's not a thing that you do. I mean, I guess she's just trying to make the best, you know, like, she's being imaginative and playing with what she has. But it's a, all a little bit too much. I wonder if maybe it, it was uh, another instance of Frieza kind of improving kid stuff. 
like with earlier when, when she was just swinging her feet on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which I love There's nothing that. in the because <laughs> there's nothing in the script that actually indicates her combing the hair. Uh, she just it, all we have is uh, she looks at the, the little pumpkin with its jolly smile. And then we get into turning on a light and uh, some other stuff. I, She's not left alone mm-hmm. with the pumpkin and the comb. Like that, that scene is just, I, just not in here. I would have been fine with her just, you know, looking at his jolly smile. I think that would have been fine. And then going to the window to look at the rain, that would have, that would have sat okay. Um, I am glad she does go to the window though because it finally gave me a better look at that picture hanging on the wall that I've been trying to figure out this whole time because it has words on it it took a lot of of investigation but I came up with it said I will give you and then you filled in the rest Uh, which is in fact rest it it all makes sense you're the hero of the research today uh, because you then took it a step further and actually found out what that was from. Yes, uh, I Will Give You Rest is in fact uh, a biblical reference. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Uh, like I said, it appears in eleven twenty-eight. Come to me all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Which you might think maybe it was just an old-timey picture, but that's surprisingly apt for Dorothy's Mood and condition. Oh, that's not a mistake. Or a coincidence, I should say. It obviously isn't a mistake, but yeah. No, this is... And the fact that the illustration is the two girls. Yeah, they made that for this movie. But it's... I mean, it fits, though. Because if you think of the time this movie is set, that is what would be on the wall. I, I feel it in my little set design heart that it absolutely makes sense that this is a biblical quote framed really high up on the wall. This is so awkwardly placed, but I don't know. I'm just grateful we got a better shot of it so that we could actually see what it was. It's very well, very well done. And is another part of this kind of hit or miss, you know, as we see references to them, uh, you know, really small details that are providing either a hint of something in Oz or here. I mean, no one, no one is going unless you're watching minute by minute and can pause. <laughs> no one's going to see that. That uh, even that paused. Picture. I needed help. <laughs> like, like so much thought went into this, giving the the mood. Like that's an that's just an excellent place. Oh, it's so creepy when you think of it in the context of this of this scene of what's happening in this hospital but it, it is perfect and you know what I do appreciate also is that this movie does a lot with a little like there's only what like five things in this whole room yeah and one of them is this perfect apt you know makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up but also fits this time and place setting perfect framed picture. Yeah, like it's, if you're looking at that, 
you've been checked into this hospital and you know it's it's bleak like you're having experimental electroshock therapy done on you i mean you don't know that yet but you kind of know if, that <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're an adult yeah oh my tummy hurts I mean, again <laughs> if you read the ad I mean, if Dorothy had seen the ad, she would know what she's in store for. Yeah. And he did kind of try and prep her with explaining the machine and what it does. All that extra energy. That's not how it works. Oh, boy. 1.21 gigawatts will uh, clear up her stuffy head, make her forget all about scarecrows and pumpkins. And other things that they should have on a working farm. 1.21 gigawatts! Oh, let's go watch that movie, that happy everything. No, it's okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to get through the the rest of this week, I promise. I'm going to be super brave, just like Dorothy's being. She is very, very brave, as we will see shortly. Stoic. That's a that's a word that I know. Although, again, like we said, she does have that little moment of panic where she's just like, what, where'd she go, how did that? So I do like that she's not passive in this, because she kind of has been a little bit to this point, where it's just, I mean, to be fair, she's a kid, what's she going to do? But it was kind of nice to see, like, oh, no, she's got some agency. She's going to she's gonna throw down when she needs to. Um, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like the old tradition of a captain touring his ship before a hopeless battle. Oh. Well... We got another look at the hallways. We've gotten a better look at this room. I think that's all the notes I have for this minute. Should we move on? And come back tomorrow? And figure things out some more? And maybe for another get this over with? <laughs> another return to Oz minute. And maybe it'll be a Pons Mar minute. We can only hope. <laughs> well, uh, where there's tears, there's hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Oh, my little geek heart is so happy. Um, so come back tomorrow and we will have more to talk about than just this tiny, very quiet room. <laughs> Hope to see you all then. Weog? Tiog. Piog. Piog.